The day happened to be Tisha B'Av. He heard the sounds of weeping and wailing coming from within. He summoned over one of the Jews and said, what is everyone crying about? We are mourning the destruction of the Beis Amikdash in Yerushalayim. When did this happen? asked Napoleon aghast. I didn't hear anything of this, and my ministers report to me twice daily on all current events and news. Sire, our temple was destroyed in 70 CE by the Romans, said Napoleon. A people that passionately mourns a national tragedy that took place over 17 centuries ago is eternal. We are good at mourning. We have ritualized it into our calendar on a national level, but so too on a family level when we gather to memorialize our beloved departed. How much greater then when the person was also a public figure as well as a family member, when both aspects, the public and the private, coalesce. In 1967, Jews from all over the world flocked to Eretz Yisrael to see the Kotel, which had been off limits for many years. The Israeli army set up guards near the wall. During one particular shift, there were two soldiers standing guard, watching the steady stream of people of all Jewish backgrounds pouring their hearts out at the Kotel. One of the soldiers started crying. The other soldier asked, Lama ata Why are you crying? I can understand all those people being emotional over the Kotel because they're religious Jews. But you and I were brought up in a non-religious kibbutz. Religion has no meaning or significance to us. So why are you crying? The first soldier answered, Ani bocher alma she'ani lo bocher. I'm crying over the fact that I'm not crying. As I see these people, I realize there must be something very special, something very deep and profound about the Kotel and their whole religion. I know there is something very beautiful that I must be missing, and it is for that that I'm crying. The tincture of time sets in, and we are grateful for memory. We are even more grateful for the slow decay of memory to ease the burden and pain of loss. We too cry for the fact that we are not crying enough, knowing intellectually the giant of Torah we lost and how irreparable is his loss. My Shver was very hard on himself, yet he never felt defeated. He understood the process, the path, and the goal. He understood the difficulty and the internal struggles, the Sa'or Shebe'isa and the Shibud Malchias out there and within. He was thoroughly immersed in modernity, intrigued by advances in science, technology, and medicine. He understood politics and the destiny of Klal Yisrael on the world stage. And he understood the importance of Eretz Israel and the defense forces protecting it. In the third pasuk of Vayishlach, Yaakov sends a message to his brother Esau. Soin ve'eved ve'shivcha ve'eshlecha lahagid ladoni limtzochein shor v'chamor v'yehili beinecho. Shor v'chamor. I have an ox and a donkey. What was Yaakov conveying by informing Esau that he possesses an ox and a donkey. According to the Medrash and Bracious Rabbah, Yaakov was not speaking about material possessions he had amassed, but about something far greater significance. The ox referred to Mashiach ben Yosef, the precursor messianic leader descended from Yosef. 
The ox is a symbol of the tribe of Yosef, Bechor Shor Hodorlo. As both Yaakov and Moshe used the imagery of the ox when blessing the tribe of Yosef. The donkey, on the other hand, is a reference to Mashiach ben David, the ultimate messianic king descended from David Amelech, who will arrive, as we're told in Zechariah, as a pauper riding on a donkey. Why do we need two messianic leaders? And what are they represented by these two specific animals? In 1904, Rav Kook shocked the world by delivering a hespid for Theodor Herzl. Rav Kook articulates his views at that time on the secular Zionist movement and the tragic rift between the religious and the secular sectors of the Jewish world. Hashem creates us, he says, with a body and a soul. We have forces that maintain and strengthen the body and forces that protect and develop the soul. Ideally, we should have a vigorous and resilient body together with a strong and healthy soul. The Jewish people function, Rav Cook says, in an analogous fashion to the body and soul. There are forces within the nation that correspond to the body, working to meet its material and physical needs. And there are forces in the nation that work directly toward developing Klal Yisrael's special spiritual qualities. Every nation theoretically wants to promote security and protect the welfare of its people, just as creatures have bodily and physical functions. But the higher aspect of furthering the spiritual aspiration of the people on the national level is unique to Klal Yisrael. These two tasks of the body and the soul of the body politic were divided between the tribes of Yosef and Yehuda. Yosef looked after the material needs of his family in Egypt. Chazal tell us that Yosef spoke 70 languages, indicating that his task for caring for the welfare of his constituents was, as, was a universal one, common to all nations. The Gemara in Bava Basra tells us that he protected the Jewish people in Egypt and says that the offspring of Esau will only be defeated by the offspring of Yosef, quoting the Novi in Ovadia, Ubeis Esau lekash v'dol kubahem, Ubeis Yosef lehova, v'hoya beis Yaakov eish v'achulam, v'lo yeh lebeis Esau ki Hashem diber. It is the house of Esau for stubble, and they shall kindle in them and devour them. It is the house of Yosef that does that. Yehuda, on the other hand, was responsible for cultivating the special Kedusha of Am Yisrael. But say Yisrael mimitzrayim, beis Yaakov me'am lois, Yisrael mam shalosov, hoyisoy Yehuda lekodsho. It is Judah that makes his holy nation holy. Ultimately, both these qualities of Yosef and Yehuda are to be combined in the Davidic monarchy. David was both a skilled warrior who vanquished many enemies of Am Yisrael, but he was also the unrivaled poet and songwriter, a warrior, but also a Yodea Nagain. As it says in Shmuel, Unavon Davar ve'ish Yodea Nagain ve'gibor chayel ve'ish milchoma ben le'yishai. It is only Yeruvam's split of the kingdom, of southern kingdom of Judah from the north, that precipitates the tragic divide between the two forces of Yosef and Yehuda, the material and the spiritual. Throughout history, we have witnessed the ongoing conflict between these two forces, secular movements that exclusively work to improving the nation's material condition, and religious movements that exclusively promoted its spiritual nature.
Yet Rav Kook in 1904 insists that the redemption of the Jewish people can only be attained when both of these forces are functioning. Only when we are walking, working toward both strengthening the nation's spiritual health at the same time bolstering the necessary material foundations and defense. Now returning lastly to Yaakov's choice of ox and donkey. The powerful ox is used to plow the ground to prepare the area to be planted. This corresponds to the mission of the Mashiach ben Yosef to defend the nation from enemies and clear the path for the revelation of Mashiach ben David. The donkey, on the other hand, is a simple animal used to carry produce from the field, corresponding to the mission of Mashiach ben David, who brings the final fruits of redemption. Yaakov tells his brother, I have an ox and a donkey, alluding to Yimo Samashiach when he will no longer fear Esau's sword. Throughout his interactions with Esau, Yaakov Avinu is hinting to us what tools will be needed to ultimately defeat Esau. Both the physical strength of the armed forces through our human efforts, coupled with the spiritual devotion, recognizing the Abishta's omnipotence. My Schwer recognized the need for a, a strong defense force to protect the homeland of Eretz Israel as well as the need for strong Torah institutions that he supported all his life. He was that unique blend whose fervor for Klal Yisrael, both secular and sacred, were unmatched. As the tincture of time progresses, I miss most of all his advice and guidance on, guidance on matters that still challenge me specifically in those matters that straddle the competing demands of the real world life and the, my profession versus the spiritual needs and the nurturing of the soul. May his memory continue to be a blessing for Khalil Thank you. Please join us for the Suda. Thank you.